0: So we live in a time now where, uh, you know, there are a lot of these special elections going on that uh, the Democrats want so badly to mean something. So recently, we've had special elections in Georgia and South Carolina. And before, I think we had some in Montana, right? But anyway, you, you hear about these special elections, and they're supposed to be harbingers of... Uh, what's going to happen in the general election, whether it's in 2018 or 2020 and, you know, on the, on the even year, the, uh, the November, the next year, that they're, they're somehow meaningful. So recently there was this uh, special election in Georgia where a woman, a Republican, was going against this uh, Democrat man, and uh, the, it was the most, uh, most campaign money ever spent on a congressional election. Do you know the, the amount, sorry, was it like a, was like a hundred, I don't know how much it was.
1: 50 or $60 million for a congressional race. And to put that in perspective, a congressional district is, you know, a, a parcel of a state. Not right. a, of it's course. not a senatorial race, which I'll yeah, also, yeah. it's a little chunk. And normally those run anywhere from $1 to $7 million. Yeah. Uh, for a for a highly contested one on the upper end. Right. Okay. So but a lot of times there are very little contesting going on because they're kind of set. So fifty million for a congressional district is astronomical. And to put that in perspective, a congressional district in America today is roughly a district of six hundred thousand people. Wow. So if you're spending let's just round it up to sixty million. How much is sixty million times six hundred thousand
0: people? Well, it's not like right. you know, a thousand a person they spent. Okay, so it it was a huge amount, right? Um, That's that's the important part. What they don't tell you, of course, is that the ratio, because it wasn't exactly even, right? I mean, it's you know, you hear 50 million, you know, it implies that 25 million for the Republican, 25 for the Democrat. But no, 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 it was six to one. So whatever that you know adds up to, and so by far it's the most spent by a Democrat, (laughs) a Democratic Party. For the Republican, uh, you know, there was more spent on it for sure, but not necessarily the, the greatest amount for any Republican. And the Republican wins, uh, you know, very handily, I think by four or five percentage points. Very significant, right? And and you can see, you know, we can talk about why they wanted to pursue this, they, because it was so important for them to... Uh, to have a win and to be able to say, you see, the, t- the winds of change are coming and uh, the resistance is, is you know, right here. You know, here we are. At, and, and Trump can start packing his bags now right? as if this was the meaning of it. Right? Same thing with South Carolina, which they also lost. Uh, but, but so they, they lose it completely. And now all this significance just kind of goes bye-bye, right? In- including all the money that was spent. Um, so I wonder who's laughing all the way to the bank now. But putting that aside, what I think is so fascinating about it is how they think that money is a solution to all things. Right? You mean this, like Windex, <laughs> you know, exactly. Windex? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he's Ari's referring to an old podcast of ours, which uh, you know, Windex is a solution to everything, uh, and money. They, they perceive that money solves every problem, and it's consistent. I'll give them that. Right? For example, you know, you if you want. Uh, if you want to resolve infrastructure problems and you want to have more social programs, well, just, you know, cough up a lot more money, right? If you, uh, if, if you want to have, uh, you know, fix the roads and everything, well, that's there's a stimulus for that. So stimulus, right? By definition, it's going to stimulate the economy. Never mind that it doesn't, but it's, you know, in their, in their mind's eye, it does stimulate the economy. Same thing with the minimum wage, right? You give them money. Everyone gets the money, right? And then great things happen. But then they don't, right? And then they have all these government fund, uh, funded programs that, of course, are just funded by money. And they all fail. Nothing ever works Social Security, you name it, it's all a disaster. But the way they campaign reflects that same attitude, doesn't it? Right? You put a lot of money into it and you win. Right? And that's why they're so befuddled. Well, I don't get it. We, put, we pour six to one in money. We must win. That's the rule. That's what we understand. This is the way we understand the world to work. But it doesn't, it doesn't cooperate. So, my liberal friends, my liberal listeners for that matter, and there are many of you out there, can I, can I propose an idea that perhaps the, the, there are other reasons and other things that work other than money? For example, um, the idea that an idea might work better, that people resonate to ideas, not always to money, right? That's, that's why Trump won. I mean, Hillary outspent him by, by a lot. But Trump had the notion of making America great again. I, I'm not saying that he's right or that he proved it. On the contrary, it was about ideas, right? And his message was more palpable, stronger. It's the vision that they wanted, and they didn't have a vision. But they, they thought vision doesn't matter. All that matters is money. Vision was just window dressing. That was something that you do. You know, It's like, uh, I don't know, if you look, think of a building and you, you can, uh, you know, there are certain things that are pillars to the building, right? They're literally pillars. And, uh, you know, give me examples because that doesn't get columns and I'm looking at the ceilings and appropriate electric wiring and everything else. And then you have the wainscoting, right? Things that are just purely decorative, that, that, that are not important for the very structure of the building. Right? They think of ideas and messaging like like a builder thinks of wainscoting, right? It's nice. <laughs> it's a cute idea. It it might help along the the general appeal, but really what really matters is, you know, the money. <laughs> money is everything. Money, money, money. And and so it's no surprise that they consistently fail because they don't they don't focus on the message first. They don't focus on the idea. And they don't focus on what works, right? If you, if you took the notion, because we know that the, what works is not government programs, not affirmative action, not minimum wage, and all the things we so often talk about. We know that what does work is when you pull government away from it, when you privatize, when your first order of business is, is thinking about privatizing where you can privatize. That's going to be good. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't believe in any government folks, okay, that's, don't, don't go there. I'm simply saying that more often than not, you, you should think, is there a private mechanism to handle this or that problem? And very often that private mechanism will be there. The go-to answer should be private enterprise as opposed to the go-to answer being public funding. That's, that's the key, all right? And, and this is why you lose. Over and over again, and you're going to consistently lose over time. Uh, Look, you know, and I know things change over time. In the next seven and a half years, uh, you know, there will be a a Democrat probably in the White House, simply because of the passage of time and the cycles that we have. But they're wanting it to be so different is it's just it's very interesting to me. But you know, we really do live in a good time, Ari. I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, all problems have been resolved, right? I mean. You know, we've contained ISIS. ISIS no, no longer exists. Iran is, uh, you know, they've given up their nuclear weaponry and everything else. In fact, they're, you know, they've become a fully democratic nation. And, uh, and, and not only that, but progressivism itself has uh, been stepped in its tracks. Uh, most of the progressive leaders, including Hillary Clinton and Al Gore, have uh, come back and admitted that they, uh, they were wrong. They've even apologized for it. Uh, They want to do what they can, rolling up their sleeves to just make this country better, make the world better for that matter, to spread liberty. Uh, North Korea, fortunately, has finally seen the error of its ways and decided that it, too, should join uh, the community of nations, as uh, is so often phrased. And uh, it's going to reunify with South Korea. I think that's totally awesome. And um, just virtually every single country has gone democratic as well. It's great. Um, so we are in a good position these days. I mean, there's really, you know, it's it's sad because there really is no news for us to talk about at this point, right? I just, you know, what are we going to do? I mean, this podcast. I guess this is the end of the Breck-Lurie podcast. This now, is the, the final can, season. Now
1: we can do the show you always wanted. Um. The sounds of chess.
0: <laughs> oh, but, you know, we don't even need chess anymore, my friend, because chess is, is necessary for dealing with the issues of conflict. Okay,
1: so now you can talk there's about no more che- conflict. You can talk about what chess used to mean. <laughs> yes, that's true. You could call that's it past chess.
0: Yes. But, you know, uh, but, but of course, look, folks, we're, we're talking in, in silly terms. Um, it seems like there's so much more to talk about than there ever has been. Very, uh, very bizarre relationships going on with the, the Middle East, with, with North Korea, uh, with China and Russia, and, and what's happening with ISIS, of course. Horrific stuff is going on. The progressive march continues to march on. They're undaunted you, you, by reality, right? They're undaunted by what might work. They're undaunted by their own vicious and horrible history.
1: Or oh. their consistent losing streak,
0: Yes, a oh, good point. Indeed. Well, but, but, they, but see, they're undaunted because they don't look at history <laughs> to see they're losing they strength. remember, <laughs> let alone the evil in their history, including eugenics and fascism, and communism. How you can do all those three things, I, I my hats off to you. Oh, really amazing. fantastic. It's, it's really it's an accomplishment. That's a resume builder. Like what have you done? Well, I've, uh, I've been responsible for communism. Well, that's interesting. That's that. That's really quite a lot. Yes, yes. Yeah. And fascism. Ooh. Yes. Fascism too. Yes, yes. Really, yeah. I thought that was right wing. Right. I, no, I'm sorry, my friend. It's, uh, it turns out that it's a godless, left wing, progressive agenda. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Oh. I mean, it, it really is, folks. I'm not. I'm not being cheeky here. Progress. Uh, fascism is the product of progressivism. It, pro, the progressives loved Mussolini. They loved him because he was a man who got things done, okay? This is the progressive mindset. They thought, uh, in the, starting in the, in the late 1800s and definitely um, blossoming in the 1920s, they felt that uh, this whole capitalism business and the US Constitution, it was all cute and well for its time, but by golly, we live in a modern age and, and era, and we should be moving forward with a strong man who's gonna get things done, Okay, China for a day sort of mentality. Uh, to quote Thomas Friedman, this is uh, so. This is what progressive has wrought. And then of course it's very ugly stepchild eugenics, right? Which is very. I mean it's no surprise. Let's put it that way. Eugenics being the notion, hey, you know what? Let's sterilize these people that are no good for society. You know that their their interpretation of who of who is not good for society. So the feeble-minded, uh, the diseased, uh, you know, whatever. The black. The, yeah, yeah, well, including blacks. That's, That's what, what they, they did. they used to say. They sterilized more blacks than anybody else uh, on the theory that this or that particular black person had some sort of mental defect or had some sort of other congenital defect. Uh, old people, you named it. And the famous line from, uh, I think it was Wendell Holmes who said uh, three generations of idiots is enough uh, for for justifying the sterilization of people. Um, but that that's the, the horrors of progressivism, and there's plenty of other stuff too. But all in the name of being uh, progressive, right, to, to advance. The, the word itself is, is so wonderful, it's so kind, it's so thoughtful. You're progressing. It's, it suggests that you're somehow leaving an evil muck of the past and you're progressing to a more positive future. But the exact opposite is true. It turns out, if anything, we should be moving back toward more conservative principles. No, it doesn't mean that we want to move back to the Jim Crow laws or slavery, folks.
1: Those weren't conservative and principles. Those were left-wing bing- principles. Bingo,
0: right. Because we want to go back to conservative tra- traditional values doesn't mean we want to go back in time to live in the same... Same era of slavery in Jim no, Crow. No, we want
1: to go the 1980s, not the 1880s, not the 1840s.
0: Right. The 1980s. Yeah. 1980s was good. You know, it's, it's really funny. Uh, back in the 1980s, I remember people talk talking about how, oh, you know, you would like to live in the 1950s when the uh, what's that, uh, the TV show that everyone talks about it, but the 1950s, Harriet and something. Ozzy and Harriet. Ozzie and Harriet, right? And then that, and everyone had uh, it's a you know. A wonderful life that way, and and uh, but but now we look back on the 1980s and say the same. We had the same sort of attitude. If only we were back in the 1980s. That was a time of America's great virtue and good conservative principles, and they'd be right. Um, but anyway, so uh, you know, we were tongue in cheek about how everything is is resolved, but of course nothing is resolved. The the reality is that um, horrors keep on abounding, and the only thing that will stop it is uh, conservative mindset Conservative principles, they always work we, we know it And so we spent thousands of years developing these things We know that The less the government is involved in your personal life The better it is for you And your family And for that matter, it's better for the nation as well And for that matter, it's better for the international Community as well and, All those things And liberals, it'll also be better For
1: planet Earth Right. You know that plant oh. you so much care about? I don't see countries where there isn't prosperity caring a darn about the environment. Have you seen Venezuela lately?
0: Yeah. Have you exactly. seen the garbage piles in, in that country? Yeah. They, a, they don't pick up the garbage. Yeah, that's they're, mass littering. There's your progressivism, right? That's, that's the notion that they seem to forget. That, that, you know, again, we focus on what works. Okay, let's look at how your progressive ideas uh, actually come into play, what they look like. Here's what they look like. They look like uh, Venezuela, okay, and and in a a, a far more dark way, North Korea or Cuba or or, or the former Romania. These are – and at best, you get Sweden and Norway, which, you know, if if you want to think that they're somehow havens of prosperity, you've got another thing coming.
1: Yeah, well, uh, and if you want to point to Sweden and Norway – Look at the the Muslim influx problem. How it's turning those neighborhoods. It, there was interesting story out of Malmö, Sweden. Uh, some children gathered in a park, and some, I'll use their euphemism, some immigrants decided to start throwing rocks at little kids. Oh. Gathering in a park for a puppet show or something. Right. This is the hell that leads to. Remember over the years how it, it's obvious that so we stay on this show? Progressivism always leads only to the gulag or the gas chamber?
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, it's the a, it, gulag would be Venezuela. The gas chamber is North Korea. It doesn't change, folks. And, and as much as you would like the answers to be different, uh, just like the Democrats think that the answer should always be money, it, it, it will never be different. The answer is always the same. The only thing that will change over time are the doohickeys and the innovations and the, the medical advancements. Yeah, those things will change, and, and hopefully for the better. Uh, but here are things that will never change. Jealousy, greed, uh, aspiration, good and bad, I'm talking about. Um, hope, a sense of hope, uh, the need for a family, the, uh, the, the sense of, of nationalism, um, that people are weak, that people have fleeting moments of courage. These are all things that don't change, uh, and and we know that they will never change. And so you you might as well work with those factors, right, and, and try to blend in with as much as possible. If you don't understand that, you're going to just fall into the same pattern of the progressive mindset. And that's why they fail. They always end up failing. I mean, I think, I don't know who said it. I know that we've echoed it many times, Ari, that... The the Democrats, and sorry, Republicans succeed when they remain true to their values. Democrats succeed when they don't remain true to their values. When they hide their values. When they hide their values, yes. And, and it's really true. And if, if that's the way you want to play it, you know, if you want to, if you, when you look up to Bill Clinton as your hero for the 1990s, you know, the reason why he's your hero and why he succeeded in any respect is because he just had to play along with the Republicans. That's, that that's history. Well, he pretended to be one. Yeah, might as well. And so, so then, because he has a D after his name, the Democrats are able to say, "Look, you know, we had a great Democratic, uh, you know, president, and he he led us to great prosperity." But then you you ask them, "Okay, tell me how so? Tell me what what steps he took which led us to prosperity, and then we can have a discussion." But don't say that merely because he was president at the time that therefore, uh, Democrat or liberal or progressive policies lead to great. Uh, Results in the economy. They don't.
1: Yeah. Now, we're getting onto those tracks. We're somewhat rehashing not only, you know, major points of this podcast and, you know, in episodes before, but I think we're getting off track of what is really going on now, which is quite interesting, which is this total failure and crack up of the Democrat Party. Yeah, we have these challenges that exist, Venezuela, North Korea, Iran, the economy and stuff like that. But at least we have some people in positions of power and influence and electoral responsibility right now who are at least trying to do the thing that goes in the direction that we're talking about. But I think the the bigger issue I think is worth exploring is the Scalise shooting last week and the Antifa moment. I haven't mentioned this to you offline, but uh, I'll mention it to you and get your take on it. I think there are strong indications that the Democrat Party has had a complete crack-up. Like, complete. How so? Well, if you have a chance to get elected, you don't take to the streets violently. And you don't murder the other side. Because you have a chance of beating them at the ballot box. Only because the Democrat Party, in aggregate, knows it has no electoral chances For the foreseeable future nationally, and only electoral chances in places like California, Illinois, Massachusetts, and New York, where they're clinging to power so strongly, it's bordering on tyranny. Are you seeing this? Yeah. Because if they had a chance to succeed electorally, they would put a leash on those street people. Those fighters. Yeah. They would separate from them. They wouldn't egg them on. They wouldn't constantly say, resist, 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 by any means necessary, do what you have to do. They would say, we condemn this, stop immediately. Right. Well, this is- And, they, uh, and one more other point, yeah. they would order law enforcement, like at Berkeley- to round them up and imprison them and prosecute them.
0: This is uh, this is somewhat consistent with what we had a podcast out a while ago, which is to to what extent is the liberal party, uh, very similar progressives, similar to you, or rather, using the tactics of ISIS, right? Without, of course, beheading and everything else, and and, and you know, inflaming people on fire and such. But the Scalise shooting came pretty close, but, well, yeah, and the Kathy right. Griffin effigy, right. <laughs> pretty close. But it's it's a form of terror, right? That, that if you don't do what we say, we will at best shut you up, uh, and at worst, you know, torture you, and uh, and and in some cases, possibly even kill you. So that's the Scalise shooting, to use your example. I, I, I think that's a, a very big concern, and and, it, but it's it's like you say, uh, that you see that. A party acting in its death throes—it's flailing around, right, like the last scene of Terminator 2, where the cyborg is, you know, f- literally flailing yeah, around. I was
1: thinking more like a fish you caught that's out of water, but
0: yeah, that—it flailed around the same way right. in that movie too. Well, but, but the, you know? it's, it's, the fish is not a perfect example <laughs> because the fish is not, you know, some sort of powerful animal that that you're trying to stop. So here he is—he's flailing, flailing around, and it's a little bit dangerous. Um, and this is what they do. Uh, and, and they are flailing around because they can't seem to win at the ballot box. So they will make a lot of noise in every other sense that we must resist. The, you know, there's that word again, resist. That's that's their thing. And they throw out all sorts of other issues and, as distractions, such as the recent one, cultural appropriation. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, the, 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 this is the madness that they do. The box, you know, the <laughs> we talked about before about money being the only answer for them. Um, And, you know, for us, at the end of the day, all that matters is the ballot box, right? I mean, that's who decides—that's what decides who becomes the representative, the senator, or the president. That's it, or a proposition for that matter. It's the same thing I do in my legal practice, and I say to my uh, associates all the time, don't worry so much about what opposing counsel does, how he thrashes around and swears at you or even writes you a nasty email or letter. That doesn't matter. Nothing matters. All that matters is what the judge says in court or what the jury might say if there's a jury. That's it. Okay, so just if they're going crazy on the phone, first of all, take it as a sign of weakness on their part. And then say, listen, when you can control yourself, we can talk. But right now you can't, so let's, let's just hang up the phone right now. And you hang up the phone and you walk away. And, uh, and, and that's the way it should be handled. Same sort of thing. These guys, the progressives that we're talking about, these, these very noisy ones who, uh, you know, say all these horrendous things, uh, including saying that the guy, uh, the, the young boy from North Korea who was beaten up so badly, he was put into a coma uh, and then eventually arrived here and he died, uh, you know, saying that somehow he deserved it. Right, because he's a white man now he knows he was, he was a white man, and so now now he he knows the suffering that uh, black women have to go through this is this is literally some, some talk that you're seeing on Facebook and otherwise. This is the noise that we have to to some extent ignore, but in another sense, we need to appreciate to show to, to realize how the progressive mindset thinks thinks they don't know how to to really approach a problem they don't get their way they pout they express temper tantrums uh, but never once do they ask themselves are does does what does what we propose does it even make sense is it right is it effective what what do we even want in the first place do we want to be progressive for the sake of progressive uh, what what is what is our end game at the end of the day what's really important they don't ask any of these questions they just they hear A certain trend that's hitting, and then they decide whether or not it's really meaningful. Uh, I'll give you four examples, uh, and hopefully I can remember them all. So the, the most obvious one being the gay marriage issue. You know, people that only five years earlier would never even think that that two men getting married would be a possibility are suddenly very very passionate about the issue. And right?
1: when you say that, you mean they wouldn't even consider supporting it publicly because they thought it was like Bill it, and Hillary
0: Clinton, the defense of marriage. Act. It was an absurd concept. It's yeah. like saying let's let's have two rocks get married. What's the point, right? So, uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, this, now this is the issue du jour, and they have to. They're, they're so behind it, and there's rallies, and people are crying, and it's it's you know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's because they've been told to do it. Then the, the next issue uh, became the transgender issue, right? Uh, that, that, uh, suddenly everyone's rallying around that. It's just, uh, I think it's fascinating. Like, seriously? One out of 35,000 people, and now we've got to change our entire infrastructure so that a man can go into a woman's locker room because he doesn't feel so great? But, you know, never mind how the women that, that are in the bathroom feel. Yeah, we
1: uh, have to offend the sensibilities of half the population in one bathroom and half the population in the other bathroom to cater to the feelings of one out of every 35,000 people. Right. That's the yes. tyranny
0: of the minority, as we talked right. about on my Sunday show. So it's, it's pure tyranny, right, because that person is extremely vocal on the issue. I mean, it's such a great example. I wish I brought it up on my Sunday show, but I'll bring it up here. It's a huge issue for that transgendered person or, or, or his cronies. It's, you know, that's the, all he thinks about all day long, right? But, uh, but uh, you know, a regular Jane, Jane Doe, you know, she goes to the bathroom. That's It's not the central factor of her life, right? I'm going to go to the bathroom now. I need to relieve myself. I've got to go back to work now, right? It, but, but you wouldn't think that that's like the center cornerstone of, of your belief system. It's crazy. So anyway, so they, the, the, the transgender person makes it a cornerstone, and now all of a sudden we have to, to deal with it, Right. Tyranny of the minority, but that's another example of a of a madness, a progressive agenda item. Here's another one. Remember the whole Redskins thing that came out? Suddenly, you know, because one journalist said, "I don't think the Redskins name is uh, very appropriate and it's offensive." Don't you think it's offensive? Everyone had to join on board all of a sudden as if they were awoken about this issue. They had been dealing with the Redskins for decades, but because one journalist schmuck decides to get some, some attention for himself, suddenly everyone's on board and husbands are apologizing to their Native American wives. And I, I literally saw this many times, and it's not just one time, saying, I'm so sorry that I ever said go Redskins, you know, and, and they're on board with this issue all of a sudden embarrassing for everyone, right? That's the the third issue. And the fourth issue uh, that I can think about is this new thing called cultural appropriation. Suddenly everyone's on board with this, right? I mean, it's so absurd, I would never have thought of it. But then again, again, hold on, I would never have thought that we would be making constitutional issue of gay marriage. It'd be one thing to allow them partnership rights, of course, and to treat them as equals and not to, um, you know, not to uh, discriminate against them because um, they're gay. I get that, uh, but but I would never have thought that this would be a constitutional friggin' issue. And then likewise uh, the transgender issue, absurd. Uh, and now we're this cultural appropriation. I would never think that. What are you talking? Here. Just
1: to speed up, bring your our listeners up to date, may I just – Oh, by the time for... that
0: this comes out, they oh, will know, they will know yes. what cultural appropriation is. Okay, means. but long but story example. short. Me...
1: White men are being accused of the crimes of cultural appropriation for running Mexican restaurants. Right. A guy who goes to Mexico and learns a pumpkin seed recipe for a taco filling and brings it back here to sell it at a profit is being accused of stealing cultural um, assets. And the UN is talking about making such activity illegal worldwide. Yes. (laughs) Right. So, uh, it, right. In other course. words, no, 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 no. You can't uh, appropriate uh, a recipe for lasagna until, unless you actually are Italian. Right. You can't make a gumbo unless you are actually of a uh, Creole extraction.
0: W- <laughs> w- 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 which is nothing, if anything, but racist. It's pure racist Yes. You must now prove that you're Italian. You must now prove that you're uh, from from uh, the yeah. Caribbean.
1: And Italian enough will be of course. Yes. That's the, right. Oh yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's not. What I call the the Hitler qualifier, meaning if you're a 132nd Jew, you go to the gas chamber. You have to prove you're Jewish enough to make a kugel. Or <laughs> That's a, right. Or
0: yeah, no. I, only k-ish. I can make a musselball soup. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. This this is uh, it's so bizarre to me. You, w- would you have ever dreamt a dream this as a, as an issue? I mean, I I the gay marriage thing I could. Kind of guess might come into play if you put it in my mind. I'd say, oh, really, it's going to be that. That's going to be an issue in the in the year twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah, Barack, it's going to be. I, I have Okay, to it's a perfect. little crazy to me, but. But I, I get it. But, but if, if you were to tell somebody, listen, in the year 2017, there's just going to be this movement against cultural appropriation. What are you talking about, Willis? You would say. And then they start <laughs> describing it. Well, it basically means that if you're a white guy and you're, you've got a truck, you know, one of those restaurant trucks that you, you know, dish out a meal during lunchtime, uh, and you're selling uh, tacos and such, nope, no, mo- no, mas, no mas, as they say. In fact, you shouldn't even, I think you shouldn't even be speaking Spanish, Right. Because, you know, that doesn't, that's a language doesn't that doesn't belong to you. you. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and by the way, it's not just Spanish stuff. It's also the whole, I think Scarlett Johansson had to. Decide, hoop earrings. Yeah, was it? That's yeah, what some, she did?
1: Yeah, some girl got in trouble for wearing hoop earrings. Well, it happened on a college campus, but then Scarlett Johansson, I believe, was the celebrity accused of appropriating African style by right. wearing hoop earrings. Um, yeah. Basically, anything, it's, it, We've talked about it, I think, a few weeks ago about this concept that if cultural, if culture, a cultural um, attribute isn't worth, if you will, appropriating, aren't you making the admission that that piece of cultural hardware or software is worthless? Because well, of course, of don't course. we? Why else would the
0: Irish eat Jewish corned beef unless if it didn't suck? Of course, of right? course. I, I, Look, it, it, what's expression imitation is the highest form of flattery. Yes, right. So exactly, uh, you know, you know, consider yourself respected and and uh, thinking that this is really cool stuff. If you're going to wear a particular, I don't know, I, what, what do you call the, the various different kinds of hats of different cultures, right? There's also one woman, a, a white actress, who wore a not a geisha outfit, but the classic. Um, uh, women's uh, Japanese attire. I forget what yeah, they call it. Yeah, kimono or something. Yeah, something like that. And, and she was accused of cultural appropriation. Yeah. Couldn't you accuse Miley Cyrus in that
1: awful incident a few years ago when she twerked that she culturally appropriated a, an important dance move out of the street culture of the African-American of course, community? Of course, of course. I mean,
0: it, it could go anywhere with this. It gets, a, it's so absurd and so silly and it begs so many questions, among which are like, really, this bothers you? Right. Well, why are you letting this bother you? How could you possibly be yeah. get upset about this? Don't you have enough things to do? <laughs> right. Don't you right. have anything else to bother uh, you? Right. It just can you maybe, maybe like ISIS? I don't know. Yeah, I'm uh, bothered North by Korea. what happened to Otto in, in North Korea. Uh, that, that, that bothers that, me. Why well, isn't
1: that bothering you? No, you that's,
0: know? no because that's they, they have far greater things to worry about, and no doubt this will be you know a, a huge issue in a couple of months, because you know it, it reminds me of the Simpson episode, um, and as you know. Uh, we lead we lead our lives in terms of the Simpsons references, so that's that's important to us. You're
1: you're a Simpson, I'm a South Park, but when <laughs> we combine both like a Venn diagram, we cover everything. Right. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's an episode where you see these uh, you know big fat cats uh, in a boardroom deciding that uh, the profits are low for the greeting card company, right? So we need to we need to think of something fast, like a new holiday or something. Uh, Because, you know, our sales are are plummeting. So they just got to invent a day, right? So they had Secretary's Day and all this. And and so uh, we need something new. And so they said, come up with an idea and come up with a fest. And, well, what, sir, what, what kind of ideas do you have? I don't know. Uh, love Day. Or, or, but nothing, nothing lame as that, you know. <laughs> so they, 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 they nod their heads. And I, the scene cuts to the next day where it says, um, <laughs> you, see, you see Marge and Homer in their living room. And they're hanging up ornaments. And she's saying, Happy Love Day. <laughs> right. And so I bring up The Simpsons because it's so classic in the way... That it's it's they don't realize they're being fooled the same way. You know, you 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 watch what Facebook uh, phrases are out there. It's called trending, right? And suddenly it's this uh, cultural appropriation, and they're all talking about it because they have nothing else to talk about. How about talking about your your kids and how to how to best raise your kids? How about talking about getting drugs off the streets? How about talking about fighting uh, vandalism and graffiti and and uh, improving the schools? No, no, no. They're far more interested in making sure that you don't eat spaghetti, right? Because you're not Italian enough. Oh, wait. The Italians appropriated the pasta from the Chinese. Ah, ancient cultural appropriation, don't you know? <laughs> and America, oh, man. mom, baseball, apple
1: pie. Where do you think those apples came oh, from? Oh, yeah. The Asian steppes, <laughs> Afghanistan, That's right. Pakistan, Kazakhstan. You are...
0: Appropriating the Irish fruit yeah. from the Asian steppes as your own, and the Irish—they took the Peruvian potato, and that's that's where you, know, you think of potatoes. You think of Ireland, but it actually came from Peru. That's because they culturally appropriated it. Those bastards, and it's that's the that's what they always focus on. I mean, it's just whatever is the issue du jour, whatever Facebook tells them, whatever seems to be the trend, that's what they go with. But that's so consistent with our belief uh, about our, our interpretation of the, the liberal mindset, right? They, they just go on the sailboat, and wherever the tides take them, that's where they go. And then they say, well, here we are, right? Because, I mean, like, like that famous line from uh, Buck Rogers in the 21st century or whatever it is, 25th century, You know, he, he tells people he's, he's also got a rock band, and he says, because no matter where you are, there you are, right? No matter where you go, there you are, right? But that's not really meaningful, right? You could find yourself somewhere, but it's true. Well, and, and, and these people are being led by just these trends, whatever is the issue of the day. So now you're going to be asked, where, are you, where do you stand on the issue of cultural appropriation, right? And then the answer to that is, well, what do you do about it? I mean, are you, going to, are you seriously going to enforce laws to say that I can't sell tacos, if I think that I've got a new way of doing tacos or, or whatever, sushi. I mean, <laughs> there's there a whole bunch of Koreans, by the way, doing sushi here in Los Angeles. Are you going to stop them? Because Koreans didn't invent sushi, right? Um, and again, the pasta thing with the, the Italians. and the, I mean, it, it's so, that's just food we're talking about. Anyway, it's, it's, it's so absurd. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, th- then you can also say, well, wait a minute. Why would we allow people who are immigrants coming into this country, whether from Syria or from Canada, for that matter, or France, to appropriate our American culture? You know, they say they want to feel American. Well, guess what? No, get out of here. Or, you, you know what? No, you can stay here, but you can only do French things if you're French, only Syrian if you're Syrian, and then it will really amplify the, Balkanize, uh, the balkanization of our culture. I
1: think you just answered the question of the why, though. There's the answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the perfect answer because it increases the balkanization of each community, it increases the friction that each community will have with each other, and it increases. The, the or decreases the chance that there's a unified American culture that's there for everyone to participate in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, look, but I, I didn't realize it until you said it. The second yeah. you said it, it's sarcastically, well, there's the answer, obviously.
0: It's, it's a way of controlling people. It, it's you kind of joked around in this um, uh, in our re- most recent podcast, I believe, where we, where we said, okay, if I made a law now that said you can't say any words that start with the letter B okay, just for, I just chose a letter, you would be, (laughs) there, I just said B, you would be very cautious every single word that you spoke, right? You would, you know, to make sure, God forbid, you would say a letter that began with the letter B, right? Then they would choose more letters, of course, and then you can't even say a a word that even has the letter B in it, right? Including uh, uh, the word bomb, which has a second silent B, (laughs) whatever it is, or dumb. dumb. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Numb. So, I, it's so bizarre. I, I I just don't. I, I do get it. I know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to kind of uh, keep us on our toes all the time to to not allow us to proceed where we need to proceed. Well, it, it's it's a it's a, a complete distraction.
1: Well, yes, yes, it is in in tactics. But you remember in nuclear warfare? There were tactical weapons and strategic weapons. So a tactical weapon would be like a short range. Weapon To be used against other weapons A strategic weapon blew up cities Well, the ta- from the tactical point of view Yeah, it's there to overload us Confuse us, use critical theory Make us overloaded so things are unworkable Etc, cetera, etc cetera. The big issue, you hit on a second ago The balkanization of communities Has to do with the utter destruction Of America, and the American way of life And all that is good in the world Yeah uh, And, and the reason you say I don't understand this is because, as a good person, which you are, it's very hard to understand the true nature of evil. Evil is so ruthless, so vicious, so destructive to you and itself. See,
0: it's always you, one step ahead. You, you, well, it's not
1: only one step ahead, but when you, as a good person, are in competition either in sport or business or whatever you are only out to further the gains of your team and if you if you succeed in a gain on your team that results in a loss for the other team you don't feel bad that you gave them a loss or maybe you do but the game that you worked on and hopefully your side would like to say in the legal case you know your job is to represent your client if the other side loses well that's not your problem you're there to win and represent your client that's right but you don't try to destroy the other side to the detriment of your client of course not. and that's the way evil works the 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 king of north korea you know kim il Jean, kim jong un yeah. he is out to hurt other people even if by hurting them it hurts himself ah, Ima- but- imagine how beating his swords into plowshares and feeding his people would actually help
0: him okay so uh your your point kind of brings the 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 general notion of uh, scorched Earth policies, right? Like yeah. this is the way that a lot of uh, enemies of a country will treat their sub- subjected peoples by by destroying them by salting the earth and everything else. Sometimes kings themselves, with their own countries, salt the earth of their own people in order to kind of teach them a lesson. Uh, this is the, the the way that so much in the liberal camp. Uh, focuses, but I have a, a different approach, and it's very very kind of dovetails nicely because it's an, another area that I want to get into. Um, I, I was talking with um, I'm teaching my son a lot in terms of the history of the world, and we're reading this great book. It's called The Story of the World, and it's got five uh, four volumes. It's really excellent. I recommend it to anybody who has a child uh, between the ages of six and, and thirteen. Really awesome stuff, and we learn a lot about uh, the Romans, right? And we learn about the Visigoths and the, um, the Huns, and um, uh, the Vikings, of course, and the Vandals, and uh, just so many different groups of barbarians. You always hear that expression, "barbarians at the gate." And and what what they did is they would, you know, and and for that matter, tribes would take over other tribes because they would want to steal whatever those tribes had, had uh, made and prospered with, right? And now, you know, you raid that Appropriating. village. creating Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. They, they made this village, right? And uh, so they made this village, they made the, all the... And now, all of a sudden, here comes this horrible clan, maybe it's, whether it's the Vikings or the Huns, and they just rob it. They pillage it, right? And my son says, oh, like liberals. And I thought, "That's that's brilliant. That's exactly right. I never thought about it. And it's... It, they, they do exactly that. They, they wait for you to make money or progress or things or provide apartment complexes or whatever it is. And then they demand that you give it to them. But there's only one difference. And the difference is that the liberals do it from within. The Huns, you know, it's very clear. They, or the, the Vandals and the, the Vikings and so on, they did it from the outside.
1: Yeah, there's actually yeah. a defense
0: that's right. against there's that. There's you a can fortress. Fight that. Yeah. yeah, but imagine you're you're in the fortress and you have people, like the Vandals or the Vikings or the Huns, you know, attacking you from within.
1: Yeah, working at the IRS,
0: yeah. the EPA, the yeah. Department of Health and Human it's, Services. It's tough enough to fight these bastards, yeah. and, but to, to fight them from within. Yeah, that's, that's the worst.
1: The health inspector.
0: The point is that liberals are barbarians. That's they right. take in this one sense, they are exactly the same as barbarians. They take what they have not made, they, and then they destroy. They pillage and destroy, as if to, to teach a lesson. Not only do they take, and, and they, they, you know, the Huns never said, you know, let me take this for, from you, and thanks so much. You know, sorry to trouble you, but we just want this, and you guys be on your merry way. No, they, they destroyed. They raped. They pillaged. They set everything on fire. Uh, and that's just the way things were done. But how much different, really, is it from what uh, leftism does today? Everything they do is is destructive. Well, if
1: you look at the Antifa movement at Berkeley on TV, yeah. it looked exactly like Attila's band yeah. invading Europe from the east. It uh, looked exactly like the Saracens storming the Italian Riviera coast in yeah. the 1400s. Yeah. Uh, exactly. They are is, pirates, they are barbarians. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to change well uh, that's what it 's not supposed to change those that's why we you know you and I constantly come back to the lessons of the Bible, and the lessons of the Bible are the defense for it. They are the windex that cleans that window yes, that's so the true. dirt off that window yeah meaning a strong national defense a unified system where people are informed in a belief in God with a moral core yeah an orderly civil society. These are the inoculations against it, and i 'll tell you. What happened last November, what happened in Montana after the Republican, God bless him, body slammed the, the, the member of the lamestream media, what you saw the other day in Georgia and South Carolina, these are all indications that we are have not lost the culture war. You and I, over the Obama years, were terrified that the right was not fighting or not participating or winning
0: the culture war. Wrong. We're winning this thing. Yeah, I think so, too. We really are. I, th- I think as, as much as, as anything, we are beginning to see how unique America is compared to other nations that are really uh, committing suicide. Uh, Europe as a whole, uh, but Germany specifically, France uh, specifically, and England to a lesser extent specifically, they really are just committing uh, cultural suicide. Talk about appropriation. It's, uh, it's this, this, in this case, it's cultural suicide. So they're they're willingly handing the keys to the monsters uh, who, who would seek to destroy them altogether.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. That's Western Europe, Eastern Europe, where they remember communism. Not so. Yeah, it's Hungary, tougher. It's safer there. Poland, Czech Republic, Slovenia. These nations it's, uh, it's are, safer. Uh, are are resistant. Yeah, and I, it really spinned the, the Israelis. You know, the conservative Israelis. You know, the Jews. Um, the Indians, the Itali- Italy is unique in Western Europe. That it seems to be resistant. Uh, there's a lot of, and I love the word resistance to this. Yeah. You know, uh, Americans with our Second Amendment rights, however curtailed that ebb and flow of curtailment goes, we are still an armed society. Yeah. And when the poop comes down, and uh, chaos breaks out, no one's on the st- no police on the street are going to be looking at you, going, "Do you have a permit for that?" <laughs> hey, asshole. I'm sorry. It's a riot. Right. Exactly <laughs> right. By the way, we're not believed in that. That fit.
0: Yeah, well. it, it did fit. <laughs> no, look, we have uh, the, the the typical American is looking outside. Thank God. Um, because you have to look outside to see yourself from the inside. And they're they're seeing what they do in North Korea, the evil associated with that. They're seeing what's happening in Venezuela, the collapse of Venezuela. Uh, to a lesser extent, they, they see what's happening in Cuba and that it's not such a wise approach there. Yeah, they we know about- see what's happening in California. I, well, I well, have well, to throw that I in. know, I know. <laughs> let, me, let me go on. Uh, you've got Iran. You've got ISIS and such. And you've got the monsters that fight Israel and they realize Israel is probably the good guy at the end of the day. I think there's a lot of news coming in from many different sources. Uh, thank God for the internet. Thank God for Fox News. Thank God for all the blogging that's been, that's been going on. Uh, thank God for the the appropriate marginalization of MSNBC and other places, other uh, websites and, and uh, news channels like them because they are jokes at the end of the day. They, they lose all the, they lose all their um, uh, the viewership and listenership and readership for that matter, precisely because there, there are competing voices out there. Finally, you know, this show being one of them and, you know, in, in the marketplace of ideas, I think conservatism wins. It doesn't, when in Europe, because the, the, um, the European governments have so much control over the airwaves and the television air, airwaves, too. But I think it's, you know, I think you're right. I think we are beginning to see it, that we begin to wonder to ourselves, you know, what is it precisely to be American? We do feel that we are unique. And because of that, we want to preserve it. And they're beginning to see, you know, maybe there's a connection between this God thing uh, and, and how great we are as a nation. Maybe there's a connection between the notion of limited government and why we we're so su- successful uh, compared to all the other nations in the world. Maybe there's a, a, a connection of, the, of our notion for freedom and why we're so successful and why good things happen and why people want to move to this country and to succeed here. And, and that's we're, we're trying to stop the barbarians at the gate. We understand that there are barbarians at the gate. You cannot possibly fight the barbarians at the gate unless you understand that they're there. And in this case, they're actually inside as well. So Prager talks about there being a, a basically a civil war, at least of ideas, happening right now in America. I think he's right. And he's, he says, thank God it's not violent. Uh, but indeed, it is violent. You know, So we, we are beginning to see at the fringes uh, a good deal of violence. You know the torture of that poor kid in Chicago, right? The Scalise shooting that we just saw, um, you know, I guess, a week ago. Uh,
1: uh, don't forget all of those riots and all the Back riots at the yeah. end of the years yeah. of Obama,
0: right? From and, Trayvon on, right? The Black Lives Matter movement, the mood movement that you're talking about, uh, and then, and then, if you're lucky, you, you, you know, your speech will only be shouted down. <laughs> you, you'll be, you know, chased out of the the podium or off the podium. <clears throat> this, this is this um, is. This is the way they think. And we are recognizing that these barbarians are all around us. And uh, we are beginning to fight back, I think, we're because we're recognizing it. And I think the Scalise shooting, uh, and it wasn't just him. There were others who were hit, too. Thank God they weren't hurt and, and maimed in, in a way that, that he was. Uh, but that was a real—it was a battlefront. And it was an ugly, ugly uh, veneer. Not once did— you know, after they appropriately said, uh, you know, gosh, we got a call for unity and such like that, that's all they could say. But they realized this was one of their own. This was an ugly thing that they had to deal with. And they wanted to push this off as quickly as possible. And they succeeded in doing that to some extent. But like I said, we know it. We, we, we're very well aware of what they're doing. And they can't bury it in the news and then think that we just we forgot about it too. That's the way they, see, they perceive things. But that's not the way we perceive things. We conservatives, we remember, okay. And and when you say, when you said about the signal that you shout down people who don't disagree with you, when you when you torture people, or and do horrible things to them, or you imprison them, uh, or you falsely accuse them of, of things <clears throat> merely because they're conservative, and in the Scalise case shoot them because merely because they're conservative, uh, you've got you know you, you're you've got egg on your face. And you show the true nature of the progressive mindset. But I, I loved what my son, uh, that, that parallel that my son brought out. Well, it was brilliant, right? He just said it out of the blue. Yeah, like liberals. And somehow he made that connection. Uh, I guess it was something about the, the, the notion of taking what somebody else has made. He, that resonated for him. How about we simplify it? How about just good parenting, <laughs> right? Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, uh, no, I, I consider myself a very good parent. I really do. And, I, and I'm, I'm proud of uh, my kids. I can't wait to see my kids every day. Uh, but they they understand it. They get it. And, they, it. and conservatism, what I love about it is that it's not hard to explain to a child, right? Uh, liberalism is also not hard to explain to a child. Uh, but you, you've got to explain it one way or the other. And, and, and the liberal listener will say, come on, you're brainwashing your kid as if they don't brainwash their kids, first of all. But um, no, I'm not. I simply show them what's what. I say, look, the conservative approach has led to the greatness of America and the greatest innovations and progress, if you want to use that word, in every avenue possible. Uh, whereas liberalism has uh, actually totally deterred the progress that they that they proclaim to like, including uh, you know avoiding pollution and so on. Uh, but okay, whatever you like. Yeah, I I'd mean
1: it's so simple when. Uh I teach my kids, and it's similar to yours, but, you know, a little different. It's, you know, when we drive by a successful business or company, we go, that's conservatism. Yeah. When we drive by the blight of a homeless shanty underneath a freeway overpass, I go, that's the result of liberalism. Yeah. In one way or another, that even if you aren't going to, say, blame the way that particular homeless individual got to where he is under that overpass, the way... The church has been disempowered to providing solutions for people, has led
0: to that person not being in a shelter. Yes, very good point. Very good point. The church has been disempowered. I think that's a good way of putting it. It's been relegated to uh, to some sort of corner, and uh, it's been chastised, and and the church can't do the things that would otherwise make a a society a pleasant place to live in. Uh, Here's another easy way to explain the differences between conservatism and liberalism. Go to any. Uh, major city where liberals have taken over, which unfortunately is most major cities, but not all of them, right? And and ask, okay, let's see what it looks like, right? It's, it's a little bit like, I don't know, uh, you know, if you were to put uh, raw meat on a table, on a kitchen table, right? And leave the, uh, the house, you know, for three weeks to go on vacation or whatever, and leave the temperature high, <laughs> right? I don't know if you're going to look forward to coming back to, the, to, the, to that, your apartment, right? To the flies yeah, it's, and such, uh, yes. You'll be lucky if it's only <laughs> flies, right? It's, it's going to be, it's, obviously, it's going to stink. It's going to be all sorts of rodents will be involved, and it will be very dangerous stuff. Um, so that's what happens. So, so the same thing happens like, okay, listen, I plan to take over the city of, say, Detroit, okay? And I'm going to take over for 50 years. Just give me the keys and uh, come back in 50 years, and let's evaluate and I'd say I'm not so looking forward to coming back here in 50 years because we do have that. It's exactly what's happened. We've come back now in 50 years. And the difference in Detroit, which used to be one of the most thriving cities in America, one of the most successful cities, one of the most growing cities, now has, has, is a city that is synonymous with decay, crime, blight of every kind, and a decreasing population. People are just running away from it. Stores are boarded up. Homes are dilapidated and abandoned, uh, and crime, of course, is beyond belief. So, how you can consider that, you know, a good thing, you know, that its a—it's a great projection of liberalism. I don't know. Oh, but Barack, you say, uh, Detroit is not a good example. It's uh, there must have been other factors involved. To which I say, okay, tell me. <laughs> they won't be able to come up with them. P.S. <clears throat> it's virtually true in every other city that the liberals have taken over. San Francisco, I think, is a a really crappy place to live. Uh, I've been to, you know, I'd lived in Hawaii for a while. Uh, I went back there about a year ago, uh, two years ago now, and saw it, and it's so run down. I had not seen it in 10 10 years. And it looks, nothing has changed. Nothing has progressed. There's no new buildings. There's no cleaner place. It's just the same old run down place. The weather is great. Can't deny that.
1: But but that's it. Just like Santa Monica, they now have a huge homeless problem.
0: Yeah. Well done. And then they'll argue, Ari, that, you know, well, wait, wait a minute. That's a function of the big cities because, you know, big cities have a lot of people and there's a lot of, you know, infrastructure and such like that. They, it, it's hard to, to manage Barack. That's what they'll say. And we'll say, okay, response to that is easy. New York City. <clears throat> New York City, you know, in 19, in the early 90s was taken over by a Republican mayor, Rudy Giuliani, which turned around that city you know completely and it became one of the most fantastic cities to live in crime went down so much that it was no longer in the top 50 most dangerous cities in fact it was like i think in the bottom bottom of the 100 most dangerous cities it was a great it it was a great city now of course when they have a new democratic mayor back in, in action crime is going up correlation is very strong my friends it's you know you, you may love democratic and liberal policies i get that but understand that they have consequences. Don't fool yourself to think that they lead to less crime or less blight. You still may like it. I get it. But understand that that is the price that you pay for these policies that you like, okay? whatever they may be, because they're, they're totally out of focus and everything else. Look, uh, uh, the, the whole notion of, bar- of barbarism is a very good one um, the, the, and something that I so genuinely – it was such an epiphany to see that this is exactly what they are. They are barbarians at the gate that simply want to take what you and I have made, what uh, p- people of any success have made. Let other people make the, the, the good stuff and then demand it for themselves for free. Give it to me for free. The Obama phone is such a great example of that, right? <laughs> the, uh, it's an iPhone that somebody else made that took a great um, amount of ingenuity to do. And now you have, you have an obligation to give it to these people for free. That's, that's the way it is. Makers and takers, if you like. But I, I prefer the phrase uh, barbarians and the civilized. How about that? I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.